for years. Uh, and it honestly, it fits right in with the message this morning. We didn't plan that, but uh, I am so thankful. You know why it's well with our soul? Because of what Christ did for us. No matter what's going on in this world, no matter what struggles we're facing, no matter how difficult life can be, it's well with our soul because of what Jesus Christ did for us on that cross. That third verse uh, talks about uh, what a glorious thought that, that my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the tree, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. We should be so grateful uh, that our sins are forgiven, so grateful that uh, we've been washed clean, and we don't bear that weight of sin any longer. Uh, it is not ours, but Christ bore it for us. Amen. Uh, take your Bibles, and we're going to look at uh, several places uh, this, this morning. Uh, we're going to start in Genesis chapter 41. Genesis chapter 41, we're going to look at three verses, um, and then not just there, but we're going to look at three verses, and then we're going to um, pray and ask for the Lord to help us. So Genesis chapter 41, if you would. Uh, if you're not sure where that's at, it's in the first book of the Bible. If you look and see a whole list of, of, of books, turn right. It'll be right there. Genesis chapter 41, verses, verse 51, says this. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For God said, he hath made me to forget all my toil and all my father's house. Look at verse 52. It also says, in the name of the second called he Ephraim. For God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Now turn to Genesis chapter 50. Nine chapters over. It's the last, last chapter in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 50. And we're going to look at verse 20, I think I wrote 23. My, my writing isn't very good. Genesis chapter 50, verse 23 says, And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation, the children of also, that's the wrong one. We'll keep reading. Uh, it says, Meshur, the son of Manasseh, were brought upon Joseph's knees. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which we, we swear, he sware, and to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died, being an hundred and ten years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Now I'll go back to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to look at that scripture reading that we read again. Hebrews chapter 11, just verse 22, Brother James. It says, By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for all that you've done for us. God, I thank you for the word of God. Lord, which we have and hold in our hands, Lord, which is alive and quick and powerful and able to, to cut deep into our hearts, Lord, uh, which, wielded by the Spirit, can have its way in us. Lord, I, I pray that you would have your way in us this morning. Lord, that your word would not come back void, but that it would accomplish everything that you would have it to. I pray, God, that you would cleanse me of anything that may hinder this, this, this message or, 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 or keep you from being able to. Father, I, I, I ask that you would use me for your honor and your glory. Lord, I pray that your word is preached with, with, with your power. And uh, Lord, that your spirit would have your way. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 
it's interesting that we can see some verses in the New Testament that, and then they're characterized or are characterized by people in the Old Testament. If you know the story of Joseph, Joseph didn't have an easy life. Uh, Joseph went through some tribulations and some trials. Uh, uh, but uh, but uh, it, 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 it's interesting to me that at the end of, of his life, after his life, it, it refers to, uh, well, in, in Genesis, we looked at two verses. One said um, that he had two sons, and he named them uh, Manasseh and Ephraim. Uh, he, those, those two names meant something. He said, he, said uh, he named the first son because he forgot all that had happened to him. We know what happened to him. And Joseph was loved by his father more than he loved than his brothers were loved. And he was honored by his father and given a coat of many colors. You've all heard the, the story or the account of Joseph and the coat of many colors. And his brothers were so jealous uh, that, that, uh, that, uh, they, that they got angry and they attempted to murder him. They threw him in a pit. Uh, they had plans to kill him, but one of them decided to talk them not into not killing him. And before he, he could come back and, and uh, uh, set him free out of that, that deep, dark pit, uh, his other brothers sold him into slavery. He went off into slavery for, for years of his life and, and uh, was taken to Egypt and sold into Potiphar's house where he served Potiphar. And, and man, even though he was, he was in slavery, even though he was forced to do this, he still honored God with his life. And, and, at the, and, and even though God blessed him there, something happened. We all know that, and we'll, we'll come back to this uh, in, in a bit, but uh, we know that Potiphar's wife had her eye on Joseph, and, and he was, uh, he was tempted to sin. She threw herself at him, and, and uh, he rejected her. And because of that, she lied about him, and she cried rape, and she had him sent to prison. And then he spent years in prison. And while he was there in prison, God blessed him, and God's hand was upon him. But guess what? He was still in prison. Things were different for him. But at the end of all that, we know that God had a specific place for Joseph for a specific purpose that he was going to be used to bring the people of Egypt, uh, to, bring the, to save uh, the people of Israel and bring them to Egypt to, to, so that they might not die in the famine that was coming. Uh, but, but so he, he comes out of that. He's, he's brought before Pharaoh. He, he, he tells Pharaoh the, 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 uh, the, the dream that he had and, and the, what the dream meant. And, and he, he, he's able to uh, do that. And, and Pharaoh makes him a, a, the, the, his second in command. He, he, he gives him power and authority and position. And we know that he has a wife and children. He has that first son named Nassim. says that, that he, he's forgotten. Listen, he had a lot of things in his life that he had to forget, had to forgive, had to move beyond. There are a lot of people today that can't get beyond the things that have happened to them. They can't, they can't stop, and, and they can't not forget those things. They cannot put those things behind them. But Joseph said, hey, listen, I am blessed. Uh, I, I don't have to think about this anymore. I don't have to dwell upon it. I don't have to live there anymore. The second son was, was named Ephraim, and he said that uh, it meant that he was fruitful in the land of affliction. And even though he was in Egypt, even though he, it was a, uh, Egypt was a, a, a cursed place, it was a, 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 it was a, a place that, that uh, was, when you talked about uh, Egypt in the Old Testament, uh, they would always go down to Egypt. It was a place where people were out of the will of God, that, that they would go there. It was a worldly place, a wicked place, a sinful place. And even though he was there and he was under, under affliction, he said, I'm still blessed. Not only... Have I forgotten all those things that, that, that have been done to me? But God has blessed me where I'm at. And then in the end, we read that verse in Genesis chapter 50 where it says, 
after he blessed them, he said, he goes, oh, while we can't see this, the promise of God is that we're not going to be here forever. And that when God brings our people out of this place, it's going to, not going to happen while I'm alive. I'm going to be dead and gone and buried. But when that happens, I want you to, on your way out, I want you to go over to my tomb, open that tomb up and get my bones and take it with you. And the Bible says that in, in Hebrews 11 that he did that by faith. Faith, according to Hebrews, is the evidence of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things hoped for. It's not just an acknowledgement of what God says. Faith is the following, the obedience to what God says. Real faith, real, real faith affects our behavior, Correct? In fact, if you read through the book of Hebrews, or, uh, chapter Hebrews, Hebrews chapter eleven. There we go. If you read through Hebrews chapter eleven, you read through the 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 the, the hall of faith, as many Christians call it. Every time it says Abraham by faith, and then it talks about what Abraham did, not what Abraham thought, not what Abraham felt, but what he did. Our our faith our, will will always show forth. In works. Now we're saved by faith, amen? We're not saved by our works. We are not, there's nothing in our works. We are not good enough. We cannot earn our salvation. We are saved through the work of Jesus Christ, who died on that cross. We are saved by placing our faith in trust in Jesus Christ for our salvation. But if we truly believe, it will affect the way that we live our lives. Now, uh, sadly, today there are many, many Christians that that are that struggle in their life with discouragement and disappointment, with with fear, with anxiety, with worry, with with uh, uh, we. Uh, it almost seems like uh, that we, sometimes with temptation and sin, it's almost like we 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 aren't able to 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 overcome these things. We can't have victory, but we can have victory. But it's not because we are talented. It's not because we want it bad enough. It's not because we work hard enough to get victory. Our victory has another source. Look, look at First John chapter five with me, if you would. First John chapter five. If there is a a book or a verse in the Bible that I believe uh, is a helps us to understand the life of, of uh, Joseph, it would be this verse that we find in verse 4. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says, For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I want to break this verse down a little bit. It's, I know it, it seems uh, easy to understand, and, and it's easy to, to kind of stick that in the back of our mind, that we can be overcomers. But it doesn't say that we can be. Or it says that, we, that if we're saved, that we will be overcomers, that we are overcomers. So let's look at There's a couple words here. First of all, it says, for whosoever. I love that. 
whosoever is born of God. Listen, uh, I love the fact that, any, that if you're saved, it says that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you are, are, are poor and, 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 and unable to do anything of yourself. If you're saved, you can be an overcomer. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter your present. It doesn't matter about what your future may be. You can be an overcomer in this world. Whosoever, the same whosoever that says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You're not, uh, it's not about who you are, where you come from, or what you've done, or who, what you're going to do. He saves you because he loves you. It's all about what God did for you and what he has offered, offered, and he has offered salvation to every man. Whosoever. It says, whosoever is born of God. The only way that we're born of God is through salvation. Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, you must be born again. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. There are people that pray prayers that are never born again. There are people that go to church that have never been born again. There are people that they give money, that they do good things. That they're, just, they're just genuinely good people. But guess what? Not everybody that's good is born again. Jesus said, you must be born again. And he goes on to explain to Nicodemus, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. We're all born physically. If you're here today, you were born. Except for Brother James, who was hatched. <laughs> I'm kidding. He was born too. If you were born, you were born physically. Uh, Jesus also says that was born, uh, that, that, that we once must be born of the water. It's talking about the, that physical birth that must take place. Because that which is born of the spirit is spirit. While we've all been born once physically, we also must be born spiritually. That spiritual birth comes as a result of our faith, as a, as a result of the work of God in our life as he draws us uh, to himself, to the, to the understanding of the gospel, that we are sinners and on our way to hell, and that we must be saved. And that only way that we can be saved is through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Uh, so we, we understand that, that salvation is through Jesus Christ. Uh, we must be born of the Spirit, and we're given new life. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 that we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but now we are alive. Why? Through the sacrifice and the work of Jesus Christ in us. If you're saved today, you're not saved because of who you are. You're not saved because of this church. You're saved because of Jesus Christ. I just want to say this. God blessed this morning, and somebody got saved. This morning, somebody on the way to church this morning, uh, uh, I had the opportunity to talk to, 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 to somebody who raised their hand a few weeks ago, and I didn't get a chance to talk to them then. But on the, way to, on the way to the church, I said, hey, by the way, John, you raised your hand a few weeks ago. And I said, I, I said do you know if you're saved? And you, if, if you know John, you know he can't speak. He doesn't communicate with words, but he shook his head no. I said, so if you were to die today, where would you go? He pointed to hell. I said, would you like to be saved? And the answer was yes. So we went through the scriptures. Can I tell you, he got saved today, not because of me, not because of, uh, of anybody else. He got saved because he placed his faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ on that cross. That is new birth. God worked in his heart. God prepared him for, for that moment. And praise God, God brought it to pass today. But I want you to understand, every one of us, every person in this world, if they're going to spend an eternity in heaven with God, if they're going to go to heaven and escape the judgment of God in hell, listen, they need to be born again. Not be born in a church. 
not grow up in church, not be good, but they need to be born again. He goes on to say there in verse 4, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. That word overcome means to have victory over. It means to conquer. Now, we're not going out trying to conquer the world. But can I tell you, uh, you if, if we're lost, we are bound by the world and the ruler of this world. We are bound in our sin. We are, we are conquered by him. And we, we need to throw off that sin. And the only way we can do that is through the power of God. And listen, if you're saved, you have cast it off. If you're saved, Jesus has set you free. Jesus said, if the Son shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. If you're saved today, you've overcome sin. Say, so why do I still struggle? We're going to talk about that in a, in a moment. But you have been set free. If you're not, if you've not been set free, if you're you're still bound by your sin, if you're still, if you've never trusted Christ in faith uh, for salvation and in Him alone, then then well, He says, "Come unto Me." But that verse goes on to say, "For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world." Even our faith. That word victory, this is, this is the victory. Now, uh, we, when we, you and I think of victory, we think of uh, uh, we win, we've won a game, we've won a war, we, we've, we've conquered all. But, but this is the victory that overcometh. It doesn't make sense. The Hebrew word is Nikkei. Spelled like Nike, Nike, but it's pronounced Nikkei. And what it means is the means of success. This is the means or the key to success. If you're going to overcome, if you're going to conquer your sin, if you're going to overcome the world, there is a one single key to success that you must possess. And, and that key is what will give you the, the, the success or the victory that you so much, so much desire for. And that word is faith. Even our faith. Remember Hebrews 11, verse 22? By faith. By faith. All the things that Joseph in his life went through, all the, all the difficulties, all the discouragements, all the disappointments, all the, all, all, all the temptations, all the struggles, how, how was he able to overcome all of those things and do and be where God wanted him to be? I want you to understand, it all happened because of his faith. We can have victory too. You can have victory too. In fact, you should have victory too. Even our faith. Look at John, First John chapter 4. Go back to one more verse or one more chapter. First John chapter 4. Verse 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The only way that he is in you is through faith. Paul says in, in, in Galatians, uh, he, he says, uh, uh, I believe it's Galatians, he says, uh, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So I'm saved. I have faith. If you didn't have faith, you wouldn't be saved. 
But it's interesting to me that while people can have faith enough to have salvation, sometimes we have faith, we lack the faith that we need to live. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6 or 5 or 6, Paul says to the church there in Corinthians, he said, We walk by faith and not by sight. Ultimately, what he is saying is that a child of God, this is how we can see that, that, uh, that he is to walk. Uh, he doesn't walk according to the things of this world that he can see, the, the things that he hears, or the way that he feels. But what he does, he lives his life in accordance to what the word of God has told him. We live our lives as children of God according to the promises of God. That's what this looks like in the life of say, Well, it's not that easy. You're right. There are men of God throughout the Bible, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, who, who we can look at and we can say, that was a man of God. That was a man who lived by faith. But there were moments in their life where they struggled. Elijah. Elijah, the man who called fire down from heaven. Not my son, Elijah. Elijah, the, the one who prayed, and God, God gave him victory over the 400 false prophets of Baal. Man, the whole, the whole nation of Israel turned back to God because of what they saw Elijah do. He was a man who, who, he was a powerful man of God. But you remember him sitting under that juniper tree? He said, just kill me, Lord. Why? Because one woman said, I am going to take your life. For just a moment, for a short period of time in his life, he wasn't walking by faith. He was walking by sight. David. Man after God's own heart. He loved God with all his heart, soul, and mind. God anointed him as a little boy to be king over Israel and raised him up to be king over Israel. Uh, but if you remember, there were, there were times, in his, there was a few times in his life when he took his eyes off of God and put his eyes on the situation. Now we know that Saul was trying to kill him. And if you, if you read through the account of David's life, there were many times where Saul came after him and, and David would pray and ask God to, to deliver him, to ask God and read through the book of Psalms. There were many times where he prayed for deliverance and guess what? God delivered him every time. But there came a moment in, in David's life when he forgot about all those times that, that, that God delivered him from, from the wickedness, that God delivered him from death uh, by the hand of Saul. And, and there was one moment where, where Saul had, had came after him and he said, you know what? This is never going to end. I'm better off if I go to the land of the Philistines. They will take care of me. He didn't ask God's counsel. He didn't pray and say, Lord, what should I do? He went to the Philistines and that turned into a defeat for him in his life. What happened? For a moment, although he had walked by faith, the promises of God, he trusted God. He wouldn't take the life of Saul uh, when it was in his hand. He said, no, it's not, my, in my, it's not my job to do that. I'll let God put me in, on that throne. But for a moment, he walked by his sight and not by faith. We look at Peter in the New Testament. 
Peter was, was the man who stood and preached at Pentecost. He, uh, he was the one who, who, who said he, he would die for the Lord, uh, the one that pulled out that, 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 that sword and cut off the ear of Malchus, the, 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 ser, the, the, the servant of the, of the high priest. Uh, man, he was the one who would step forward and said, Thou art the Christ, Thou art the Son of God. He's the one that, that, that said, Depart from me, O Lord, for, for I am a sinful man. And he was a man of God. But if you remember, listen, he even said, I'll come to you out on that water. If you bid me, and by faith, he stepped out. I don't know about you, but that takes a big step of faith. Yes, Jesus was standing on that water, but Peter had never stood on that water. But he got out. And began to walk on that water. He walked by faith. But if you remember the account, it says that the winds and the waves were there. And he took his eyes off of Christ and he saw the winds and he saw the waves. And fear began to creep up and rise up in his heart. And what happened? He began to sink. What happened? He stopped walking by faith and started walking by sight. Even the greatest men of God, men that God had purposes and plans for and, and used mightily in the word of God. Uh, there were, they were moments in their life where instead of walking by faith, they, they walked by sight. So what chance do we have? Because I'm no David, and I'm no Peter, and I'm certainly no Elijah. We have the same chance they have. Because it isn't about the power that it isn't about Elijah, it's about the power that rested upon Elijah. And it's not about the, 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 the King David, it was, about the, uh, it was about the God who called David. And it wasn't about Peter and his great faith getting out of that boat, it was about the one who held him up. See, our faith isn't in what we can do, our faith is in what God says he will do. And that's how we have victory. If I was going to title this message this morning, it would be Faith Always Wins, or The Key to Victory. If, if we want to have victory in our life, victory over, over discouragement and fear and anxiety, over disappointment, over, over detours, or, or if we want to have victory over sin, listen, it's going to come through our faith in God. There are some things I see in Joseph's life that... I'd like to bring out. First, faith can give us victory when life leads us to disappointment. Faith can give us victory when life leads us into disappointment. You ever been disappointed before? I have a feeling that you have. If you've ever come to church before, You've been disappointed. If you've ever been, if you've ever, if you've ever, if you've ever had a parent, guess what? You've been disappointed. If you've ever been a parent, you've been disappointed. If you've ever been an employee somewhere, guess what? You've been disappointed because people will disappoint you. Situations can disappoint you. We can even, and this is the biggest one, disappoint ourselves. Let's just be honest. None of us are perfect. We all fail. We all have aspirations of, of, of doing things for the Lord or aspirations to, to do this and that or the other. And guess what? We fail. Joseph, in his life, in the beginning of his life, we, uh, we find that he was a young man who wore a coat of many colors, favored by his father. 
And if you remember, he had a nickname. His brothers called him the Dreamer. You remember? He, he had these, these dreams that, that God had given him. Uh, that, that, that one dream was, uh, was uh, or there were two dreams, uh, they both indicated that he was going to rule over his family. Now that didn't go over so well with his family. Even his father, who loved him, said, hey, you know, that, you're going a little, a little too far with this. It, 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 but, but you have to remember something. These, the, these dreams weren't because he ate too much the night before and had a bad vision or a bad a nightmare. Uh, these dreams weren't aspirations of power or position or fame. Uh, he, it's not that he wanted these things for himself. They were God-given prophetic dreams, prophetic visions of what was going to take place in the future. God told him, this is what's going to happen in your life. And when he shared that with his brothers, they got upset. And one day he had a dream. And the next day he was in a pit. Didn't go the way he thought it was going to go. His brothers got angry. They, they, uh, he went out to find his brothers. They, uh, they weren't where they were supposed to be. And uh, uh, taking care of the sheep, they were off somewhere else. And he, he went to find them. And when, they found, or when he found them, they caught him. And they, they, they took that coat of many colors. They, they ripped it to shreds. They covered it in blood. And they threw him in, in, in a pit. And they went back and told their dad, the animals got him. A wild beast tore him apart. Now, I want you to imagine your brothers doing that to you. Now, your brothers might have been mean. They might have bullied you a little bit when you were a kid. I, I have an older brother, and when I was a kid, he beat up on me a little bit. But he was six years older than me. Uh, uh, it, that stuff happens. But there's a whole different ballgame when they're, 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 they're faking your death and selling you into slavery. Instead of, instead of realizing the dream in his life, the, 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 what God has said, instead he went into the pit. He went into Potiphar's house as a slave. He went to jail. Listen, there was disappointment in his life. But there's a phrase that's repeated over and over in Scripture about his life. The Lord was with him. The Lord was with them. I don't know what it, must have, what it must have felt like to have your brothers try to kill you. I, I don't know what it must have felt like to, to be sold into slavery. I don't what, know what it must have been like to, to, to have uh, been, been lied about and, and, and been sent to prison. I don't know what it must have been like to, to help somebody and have them forget you. Remember, he told the dream to the baker and to the, to, the, to, the, to the butler, and only one of them got out alive, but while he was supposed to tell the Pharaoh what happened, he forgot. I don't know what it would have been like, but I can guarantee you he was discouraged and disappointed. But God was with him in every single one of those situations. You ever been disappointed? Say, you know what, I just give up. I, 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 you know what, I, I'm done. I, I'm finished. I, I can't go through this anymore. I've, I've been let down over and over and over again. I haven't realized what I thought was going to happen in my life. It's not taking place. It's been this many years, and this is where I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's not happened. It's not about you. 
You can have victory in the midst of that situation because of your faith in the promises of God. When life hands us disappointments, we can have victory. So I've never been disappointed. If you haven't, you will be. And maybe you just got your head in the sand, but we get disappointed on a regular basis. But being disappointed in the things of this world and in the people, listen, even in brothers and sisters in Christ or your pastor, because I'm human. Listen, don't, don't follow me, follow Christ. There are pastors who have fallen all over this world and have disappointed their people. I'm not planning on it, but I'm human. Don't follow me. Follow Christ. Because guess what? He'll never disappoint you. God will never disappoint you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He will never fail you. The Bible says he is faithful. He is faithful. His word is faithful. He is faithful and true. He'll never disappoint you. When life tempts to defile you, you can have victory. Again, if you remember, he goes into Potiphar's house and works his way up from being a nobody to being the head of Potiphar's house. He was, he, he, he was the steward in Potiphar's house. He had control over everything. He had control over, over uh, uh, all of his money, all of his belongings, all of, all of his property, over all the other servants. He was the guy. Man, God was with him there. And Potiphar, I'm sure, was a good person, as far as we can tell. The Bible doesn't reveal too much about him. But we know one thing. He was married to a very bad lady. Because when, when he came into Potiphar's house, Potiphar's wife had her eye on him. He was a young man. He was handsome, I'm assuming. Probably looked a little bit like me. And you shouldn't laugh at that. I'm just kidding. Uh, he, he was a young man. He was fit. He was strong. Uh, uh, he, was, he, he was blessed. And as he rose up in the ranks, she kept her eye on him. And she probably made subtle hints to him. It became less and less subtle. In the end, we know what, he, what she did. She waited till all the others were out of the house, all the other slaves, all the other people. It was just him and her. And she came and she said, come lie with me. I, I mentioned this pretty much every Sunday morning. I kind of run my, my messages past my wife and to see what, see what she see what she thinks. And this morning I said, she goes, well, he probably, he wasn't tempted. I said, he was human. He was a man. He was tempted. Because he had a flesh. He wasn't a robot. But he gave her three reasons why he could not do what she asked. He said, number one, you don't belong to me. He said, I have control over everything in this house, but you are not my wife. You're Potiphar's. And two, he said, he has been good to me. I could never do this to, to him because of how he has treated me. But mo the most important, and the last one was this, that I cannot sin against God in that way. And when she pushed him, when she continued to pursue him, and she, she clutched onto his coat, and he said, I'm out of here. And he took that coat, and he threw it. 
and ran. Now, he was a red-blooded man. Now, she may have been ugly as a doorpost. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But he ran. He ran because that last one reason that he gave her was this. I will not sin against the Lord my God. See, what was happening was Satan was laying a trap for Joseph. Uh, he used that woman. The Proverbs talks about, the, uh, you go through the book of Proverbs, there are a couple of chapters that talk about, uh, uh, it warns young men to avoid those women with that kind of look. Uh, those women that prepare themselves and try to draw them in because in the end it leads to death. Maybe not physical death, but it, it's, a, it's talking about damnation and judgment for what you have done. And, and, and listen, he understood and knew that the, the, the way of God would not be to lay with that woman, but the way of God would be to walk away from the, from the temptation. Now, you may not be tempted to commit adultery. I hope not. But there are other temptations in your life. Are there not? Satan lays these traps, uh, has been laying these traps. He is wily. He is deceitful. Uh, he, is, uh, he is one who is uh, the, the, the father of liars that Jesus described him in, in the book of John. Uh, he will try to deceive you. He will try to tempt you. He will try to discredit you. He will try to, 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 to uh, put a stumbling block before you. Why? To keep you from doing, accomplishing the purpose of God in your life. If, if he had, if he would try to ruin your character, he will try to destroy you. And some would say, well, a lesser man would have fallen. I disagree. Men fall. And so do women, by the way. But a man with faith? To trust the word of God? Will run from that every day. Well, the Bible tells us that we're to flee from youthful lusts. It literally means that we're to, to run, where we shouldn't put ourselves in those positions. Listen, he didn't even put himself there. He was there working like he was supposed to, but it was there. And listen, Satan will lay those traps in your life and try to discourage you and try to discredit you and try to ruin you. But don't fall. Paul says this, that there is no temptation that has taken you but such that is common to man. Everything that you've been tempted with, Christ has been tempted with. But he did it without sin. Paul goes on to say that, that, that there is always a way of escape. I thank God that God does not tempt me above that which I am able, but he always offers me that way of escape. Do you know what that tells me? If I sin, if I fall into Satan's trap, I ignored the way of escape. I didn't look for it. I didn't seek it. Because God promises me, God promises me in the word that I don't have to. Faith will always win. If, if you trust the word of God and that temptation, whatever it is, rises up before you, you're going to say, not today, and you're going to leave. And remove yourself from that, that situation. There are people today that struggle with sin. How can I have victory over this sin? You have victory because of Christ. When he died on the cross, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The, uh, it, it goes on to say that our victory is through Jesus Christ. When he died on the cross, he had victory over sin. 
You're not under that bondage anymore. You can have victory. Not only can we have victory when life leads to disappointment and when life tempts to defile us. We can have victory when life takes us on a detour. Say, what do you mean? Remember that dream he had? The dream was that he would be in a palace. He just took the long way to get there. Have you ever gotten stuck in traffic and had to take a detour? I hate it. The the quickest point from point uh, the quickest way from point A to point B is a straight line. And I like to take the quickest way. If you've ever ridden with me, <clears throat> John's laughing because he rode with me this morning. <laughs> I, I, I don't like to, to go this way and that way and around. It's like a guy who goes shopping, right? Men that go shopping, they know what it is they want. They know where it is in the store. They know the, ones, the, they know the store they want to buy it at. They drive to that store. They walk straight to where it is. They walk straight to the cash register. They pay for it, and they're out. That's me. My wife has to walk up and down every single aisle and try on things that she doesn't need to buy and ended up walking out with 15 things more than she intended to go in for because she got a deal. Well, guess what? You didn't really save $30. You spent $45. It's, it's, it's all in your perspective. That's a bad perspective from, in my point of view. It, it's a detour. It takes you a whole lot longer to get where you want to I hate those things. I, um, you go into, you're trying to drive a certain way and the, the road's closed or there's an accident or construction and you have to go around and it takes longer, it's, it's harder. Sometimes you, you have to stop and wait. Listen, Joseph's life was like that. Instead of going from uh, having that dream and waking up and, and, and going straight to, straight to the, uh, the, the, the palace and, and, and working for under Pharaoh, listen, there was a period of time in his life, a, a difficult period of time in his life where he ended up in a pit and he ended up as a slave, and where he ended up as, as a, a, in prison. I don't know where your life's going to take you. Life can be hard. But I want you to understand something. The ultimate destination for a child of God is not in a big house, on a hill, overlooking the ocean, or overlooking the mountain in retirement. We'd all like that, right? That's, we'd all, would you all like to retire and have a nice house and lots of money? Of course we would. We're human. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not the ultimate destination, is it? There's a song. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. This world isn't our home. And while we think of victory in, in this world as, as, as coming out on top and being successful, it doesn't always mean that. Look back to Hebrews chapter 11 with me, if you would. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 32. Hebrews eleven thirty-two. 32. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, 
wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness, were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. They said, listen, look, look, look at the, these victories that were won, and that's how we see victory. But it goes on to say this in the next verse. And others had trial of cool mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Does this sound like victory to you? It's not victory the way we think about victory. It's not victory when, when, when we don't think the way that this world thinks about victory. But notice what it says, and all these have obtained a good report through faith, received not the promises. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Says they were tortured, they were condemned, they were afflicted, some died not having received the promise of God. But they did it by faith. And ultimately, the victory that they received was not here on this earth. The victory they received was, it was based upon the promises of God, the God that they now see, the, he, the streets of gold that they now walk on. See, their faith uh, is, is now sight. What they looked for, what they hoped for, wasn't earthly victory. It was a heavenly victory. That's why you can go through disappointments in your life, and it can be disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, discouragement after discouragement after discouragement, and say, I, I, I want to see the end of it. One day you will. I am not going to be here and promise you that you will not have difficult times in your life. I'm not going to be here and tell you that you're never going to be tempted or that you're never going to fall into temptation. What I'm here to promise you today is that when it's all said and done, you will have victory through faith. Now, you can have victory here on this earth while you're here, not because you've been brought out or, 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 or away from the problems, but you can have victory going through it. As you look forward, to the fulfillment of the promises of God. We are to walk by faith and not by sight. We look forward to the day that one day we're going to, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. The, the, the trials and the tribulations and the problems and the sickness and the, 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 the afflictions of this earth, they're minor, they're insignificant compared to an eternity in heaven with God. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what you've gone through last week or what you're facing for the rest of your life. I don't know. I don't have the, 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 the vision for that. But what I do have is an understanding of the promise of God that you can overcome. 
but the key is faith. So well, I have faith, but I don't have I don't have that kind of faith. I don't have faith that can help me to do it. Why? I believe, I know God saved me. I prayed and I'm trusting him for salvation. But I'm really struggling in this area. I want to look at a couple of verses. 1 John chapter 2. We're almost done. I promise. 1 John chapter 2. 13 and 14. John says this, I write unto you fathers because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you young men because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you little children because ye have known the, the father. I have written unto you fathers because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because ye are strong and the word of God abideth in you and ye have overcome the wicked one. You have overcome the wicked one. There's two times where he says, ye have overcome. Talking about those young men who have been strengthened by the word of God. As the word of God abides in you, it will grow your faith. Romans chapter 10 says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. How can you have faith in the promises of God if you have not spent enough time in the Word to know the promises of God? You will feel helpless. You will feel hopeless. You will feel alone. But when you get into the Word and you study the Word and you see that God has always kept His Word, guess what it will do for you? It will bolster your faith. It says you're strong because you're in the Word. Mark chapter 9 and Luke chapter 17 both say the same thing. We'll look at, we'll look at Mark chapter 9. This is an account of a father who comes to Jesus asking for healing for his child. Verse 24. Verse 24. He says this. We'll start in verse 23. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Verse 24. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. He says, God, Master, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. That word help means to succor or succor, depending on which way you pronounce it, the, both are correct. It means to run to my aid. We need the word of God in us to strengthen our faith. But guess what? We're, we're told that we can cry out to God and ask him to help, to strengthen our faith. Say, you, you don't know what I'm facing. You don't know what I'm going through. You're right. I don't, but Jesus does. Say, I don't have it in me. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Ask for it. Ask for God to give you the faith. 
that you need to face whatever it is you're going through. Whatever discouragement, whatever disappointment, whatever temptation, whatever detour. The Bible says that Jesus is our mediator, that he is our intercessor. That he, that he is there pleading our case before the Father every single moment of the day. Ask him to help you. Now, we're told that we are overcomers through our faith. There is a reward for overcomers. We don't have time, and for sake of time, we won't look through it. Revelation chapter 2, verse 2, verse 11, verse 26, Revelation chapter 3, verse 5, verse 12, verse 21, talk about what the blessings of being an overcomer is. There is a blessing for being an overcomer, for enduring these difficult times through faith. I want to end it with this last verse. Look at Revelation chapter 21. Last book of the Bible. Almost the last chapter. Revelation chapter 21. We'll read verse 6 and 7. Now we'll start, we'll go back to verse 5. And he that sat upon the throne saith, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. As a child of God, we have Christ in us, the Spirit of God in us that helps us to overcome and to have victory. But without that, you will not have victory. But here Jesus said, he said, I am the first and the last, the Alpha and Omega. And this is a promise that is faithful and true, that I will give all that are thirsty of the water of life. And he will be my son. And he will overcome. If you're here today and you've never trusted in Christ, if you're here today, you've tried to do it on your own, you've relied upon somebody else's faith, uh, you've relied upon going to church, you've relied upon all the wrong things, uh, or maybe you've never relied on anything, but, but, but God has shown you that you, that you are, are on your way to a, a hell that's been reserved for those who reject Christ. Uh, can I tell you this? Jesus said, come unto me. He says, I'll give water to all those that are thirsty. Is there a thirst in you this morning? Is there a thirst to know God, a thirst to be free, a thirst to have victory over sin and death? He says, I'll give it to them. And notice that last word in that verse, freely. It doesn't cost you anything. He doesn't charge you. He doesn't require anything of you. It is free. 
And he says, he that overcometh shall inherit all things. There, there is an inheritance. There is something for us to look forward to. For those that believe in God. By faith. Lord, help us. Father God, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for the victory that's promised each one of us as, ch as your children. And God, I pray that you would help us to have victory despite whatever it is we're facing today. Lord, I don't know all the problems that are going on in people's lives. But Lord, I, I know that we all have struggles and trials and problems. Fears, anxieties, worries, discouragements, temptations, disapp disappointments in ourselves. God, I pray that you'd help us to see that the, the key to the victory, the key to conquering all of those things is our faith in you and your word. Lord, I pray that you would touch each one that this message was meant to touch. Lord, that you would strengthen their faith. And Lord, if there's one here today or that's watching online that is not saved, God, I pray that you would draw them to you and they would see that their only hope of victory is in Jesus. We ask for your help this morning. In Jesus' name we pray.